Hello everyone. Welcome to the third episode of Swan Song, a talk show where we celebrate women's creativity. I am your host Sujata Parashar from New Delhi, India, and our guest speaker today is joining us all the way from Manila, Philippines. Let me briefly introduce her. Writer, strategist, advocate. That's Andrea Trinidad. Born with a rare genetic condition called hemophilia, she has never allowed it to limit her. She is a go-getter and believes that everyone can turn adversities into opportunities. That's how she turned her disorder into a motivation to change her fate and help her community. Despite her very hectic schedule running her own consulting company, she finds time to volunteer in the hemophilia community and even travels abroad to support other organizations. In her free time, Andrea either paints or works in her garden. During the pandemic, she started her newfound passion of growing plants. She and her business partners are expected to open a farm destination just outside of Manila, the capital of Philippines. A hearty welcome to the show, Andrea. Hi, Sujata. Hi, Andrea. So nice to hear your voice after a gap of, uh, I guess, a couple of years now. Since yeah. 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 So Lovely. nice to hear from you too. Thank you. So, how have you been? All good. Uh... Right. We are also doing the same. It's a grim situation everywhere. India, you might have heard, is uh, undergoing a really uh, bad time. difficult and tough time for all of us here in india and uh, how's the situation in your country yeah um we also have um not very good situation uh we have we reached the highest uh, number of cases per day um i think last mm-hmm. week or a couple of weeks ago so uh we had more than a month long of lockdown here in manila okay Yeah, nothing different to report from here. It's the same scenario. But let's focus on the bright side. Uh, on uh, let's focus on your journey. I'm so excited to have you. Uh, thank you so much for agreeing uh, to do this talk show and you know have this conversation. I just wanted. Uh, I know um, you a little bit. I'm uh, not a little bit. I think I know you quite well. But uh, uh, there is uh, there are aspects. that i would really like my uh, listeners you know who are uh, who listen to this podcast for them also to know you um, and the work the kind of work that you have been doing uh, for so long for so many years now uh, so mm-hmm. tell me andrea let's uh, just begin uh, you know uh, you lead an extremely hectic life you are a single mom you run your own business and then you are also involved with the hemophilia community extensively in uh, uh, philippines tell us how do you find the time and energy to attend to these different areas of your life while also managing your own health condition i think it's all about um time management and prioritizing um so that's how i i do i handle multiple projects um aside from my my advocacies so you're right in saying that i lead a very very busy life but i also try to um to take a break mm. yeah do you enjoy guess, what you do do you enjoy your uh, these different well, yeah uh, definitely definitely um you know i i 
I really enjoy what I'm doing. Uh, so I do. Um, our company does integrated business solutions. So we offer, we handle different projects. Um, we we audit the the clients. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. you know clients do not know that uh, they need this and that, or like in their operations, how do they succeed? Um, this kind of things we really dissect every client so there's no um, single solution so most of the time even the clients don't realize that they need certain solutions to be able to um, operate well so that's what we do we do branding my expertise is in public relations but we have expanded our services into um, stakeholder relations stakeholder management investor relations we have branding we have um tech development um we have we're into publishing yeah. um, oh great into publishing yeah. as well that's great wonderful yeah yeah right now we just started um our uh, so my you know as my as you know my background i was a news reporter yes. and some of my colleagues um from the newspaper yes have joined um our company so my boss <laughs> is now my business partner in um in the business yes right. right so tell us a bit about your journalistic journey also here that you was uh, you've already mentioned it tell us a bit about that and why did you leave that and then suddenly you uh, from there now you have your own company and then of course we are also going to talk about the extensive work that you do with the hemophilia community we'll come to that as well but just a bit about uh, you know uh, this uh, journalist or writer side of you yeah so Yeah, so fresh from college, I joined the largest newspaper here in the Philippines called Philippine Daily Inquirer. Uh, so mm-hmm. I was a news reporter. I do. Um, I started with the police <laughs> beat, we call it, um, <laughs> okay. and then I until I covered um, the cer- different departments like health department, education department, interior department, and. last coverage was in politics so i've covered wow. um yeah congress hearings senate hearings and mm-hmm. um you know the activism here is quite um high in the philippines so mm-hmm. i was i covered the um we had a peaceful revolution way back early 2000s it was a fun job i resigned because It was, um, you know, my kids were growing up, and it was such a such a very busy life. Like, yeah. even when my kids were in the hospital, I had to go and cover the news because yeah. yeah. uh, news coverage is really a twenty four seven job. So um, after 10 years, I left the newspaper, and I just wanted to take care of the kids. Yeah. I was offered a job in a non-profit organization to be they they initially just um when I was a reporter I they would get me as a resource person for mm-hmm. workshops that they run um so yeah. when they heard that I resigned they offered me a work from home <laughs> how many years ago more than th- more than 15 years ago like 20 years ago so wow. i already started work from home so i could you know take care of my kids um while working and then there was a job opening in unicef so i i joined unicef in 2005 and uh handled the 
um, HIV program, the communications for HIV program. So that's mm-hmm. how my um, inter- international development work started. I, from UNICEF, I went to WHO and then I went yeah. to USAID, uh, Asian Development Bank, World Bank. Uh, so those kind of things. I just resigned from uh, work, uh, from Asian Development Bank last October. What a rich experience you have. And uh, you moved on to start your own company, your own agency. Right. Uh, it's right. wonderful, so wonderful and inspiring. Now, uh, here I would like you to also share a bit about, uh, you know, uh, you were born a hemophilic, uh, genetic, uh, rare genetic bleeding disorder and it is though common in men still, but it's not so common in women. So how right. did you learn about this disorder and how having the disorder has impacted your life? Yeah. Um, okay. So I had, um, um, you know, I know that it runs in my family. My mom died of bleeding, even though um, she was not really diagnosed as a um, person with hemophilia. But um, I think um, my because my father's side also had history of bleeding, but since you're right in saying that it's rare so in the olden times it wasn't really diagnosed properly um my mom died when i was 16 um so i always had bleeding episodes and all that but i did not know until my youngest daughter was born so when she was born she had bruises and um and her cousin also got diagnosed he was he's two years older than my daughter he got diagnosed with severe hemophilia so when my daughter showed signs i told the doctors that she could have hemophilia but you know 90 she was born 1998 and doctors said that back then that no she cannot have hemophilia because she's a girl but then we're having the symptoms so finally i brought her abroad and it was there that um she got both of us got diagnosed so um i i thought that um it's normal for it was normal for me um you know the bleeding episode especially the month the very very bad monthly periods i would get hospitalized um so when we got diagnosed that's when i realized oh this is the doctors tell me no what you went through was not normal um so that's how i got involved um i I, when we got diagnosed i reached out i didn't know there was an organization here in the philippines so i reached out to organizations um abroad and there's this very kind lady who took the time to uh reply to me to my email and she told me that she was in fact coming to the Philippines. So uh, she's um, my very good friend, Lori Kelly. We okay. became good friends after that. She came to the Philippines in 2008. And okay. uh, it was because of her, I got acquainted with the hemophilia community in the Philippines. And then mm-hmm. she also encouraged me to keep on writing because I started a blog. Uh, it's called okay. For the Love of Star. So Star okay. is my daughter. And that's oh, how, okay. yeah. Lovely. How old was she? How old was Star when uh, you discovered uh, that both of you have hemophilia? 
Oh, she was um she was seven years old when she when she was diagnosed. Both of us were diagnosed, but she showed symptoms at birth. It's just that you know, mm-hmm. over the years from birth to seven years old, the doctors were telling me that no, she cannot have hemophilia because yeah. she's a girl. So, so but even she always are unaware. Even now, I guess yeah. uh, that uh, you know we that, that this awareness uh, uh, has to go into the professional community as well, and that is where uh-huh. uh, your you I guess uh, you have worked uh, quite extensively in that area right. in uh, bringing up awareness. That's right? correct. Yeah. yeah, that's correct. That's why I started my blog and initially I was just focusing on women with bleeding disorders until I got I got elected as president of our organization. So I cannot just talk about women with hemoph- I mean with women with bleeding disorders because uh, the community has more um affected men, right? Boys and yeah. men. So yeah. I think it's like 95% very few women with hemophilia have been diagnosed but now the awareness is really you know um we formed the women's group back in 2014 um global this is a global group called my girl's blood um so oh no I think that was 2009 and I became one of the ambassadors so we keep on talking about women with bleeding disorders um during the uh the world um congress for hemophilia um we would group together so i remember in 2014 the first time that we met um in sydney in melbourne australia that was for the world congress second time we met was two years after in orlando and then the third time was in glasgow so by then you know the awareness on women with bleeding disorders kept on um growing and growing because before there was no program in the world federation of hemophilia for women with bleeding disorders now yeah. they have created a committee for women with bleeding disorders Fabulous. so it really yeah. yeah it's really I, i'm so happy to be part of that small community within the hemophilia community that you know mm-hmm. and now even here in the philippines um, I'm no longer the only one. My daughter and I are no longer the only ones um, mm. who have been diagnosed. There are like there's um, one of lady from the southern part of the Philippines. She just messaged me that she's about to give birth in a couple of months, and mm-hmm. she was diagnosed with moderate hemophilia. So, okay. so these things, yeah. And doctors before they were so close-minded in saying that. No, you cannot have hemophilia because you're a woman. But yeah. now, now they actually um, already accepted. And one of the, I was told by a hematologist friend that um, uh, my daughter's case was actually um she was uh, discussed in the convention for hematologists. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. because she was the first one who was um you know uh yeah. really yeah known yeah, known who, case. who actually uh, perhaps through her the doctors became aware that uh, it can yes. also happen to girls right so yes, uh, talk a bit true. about uh, hap no hemophilia advocates uh, philippines that uh, you started off and uh, you are still the president i guess or uh, yeah. you, yes yeah right? and 
Yeah, I, I always say, unfortunately, I'm still the president because um, no one wants to take over. But we're really um, training the youth to um, run it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we started it back in 2016. Um, mm-hmm. We used to, um, we left an old organization and started Hemophilia Advocates Philippines okay. um, because we want to focus in. Uh, lobbying for a law on hemophilia care and also training the youth you know to be more active it's really a support group Um, we're like one big family and you've seen um, our leaders they're very passionate they're very dedicated uh, yes, I've, so, met, I've met some of them and uh, really lovely women, lovely people and Grace uh, uh, is still in touch, uh, so are you and a few others. I think Jane is also there in yeah, touch with me. So it's, a, it's a beautiful feeling, you know, to have that support, uh, you know, to have that kind of support group uh, that you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. my life has really revolved around hemophilia and uh, so my my good friends are in the hemophilia community right Uh, yeah Uh, tell me uh, moving on to my next question for you which is that uh, you know I ask this question to every woman uh, speaker I have had guest speaker I've had so far uh, because it intrigues me it's uh, something that I'm very curious about to know Uh, and the question is that uh, what is the prominent trait or traits that has helped you in your personal as well as uh, professional life of course we get a glimpse of it when you when you were talking to uh, you know responding to the initial question i do get a glimpse of that but i want to hear it from you also uh, what do you consider as being the most prominent trait of yours um i guess it's passion um mm-hmm. when I, i'm passionate on something i i always say that we always find ways whether in yeah. like when we started HAP, um, people were saying we're not gonna succeed. But now, um, from 50 founding members, we're more than um, 800 now. Wow! Um, yeah. So in a few yeah. years, yeah, we've really grown exponentially, mm-hmm. and we have distributed um, so much uh, medicines all over the country. Yeah. Um, even at work, I would really uh, I hardly say no um, because I think that uh, we can we are problem solvers so we solve problems we we really find ways Mm. I say that I thrive in a in um, you know when when it's a chaotic situation I think I find it um, I, I become more efficient so I guess it's because of passion. Yes. So that you will consider passion and anything else apart from passion, anything else that drives you? Drives me. I, um. Well, of course, faith. Because without faith, um, you know, you, I, I don't think I'll be able to go through yeah. everything that I went through. <laughs> it's not an easy life. Yeah, beautiful. Yes, that's very well said. Uh, Andrea, my last uh, uh, request to you is if you have any parting message for the listeners, especially the women, if you have any parting message for them, please. Yeah, yeah. um, I would say uh, that, you know, believe in yourself 
um, always believe in yourself. Um, every person is unique and don't never say that never allow others to um, put you down um, yeah. yeah so the power is within you yes thank you so, so go very for it. the power is uh, within you and I also agree with uh, with the thing you said about uh, you know we are problem solvers so uh, I also think that uh, women have this ability uh, to solve any kind of issue or any kind of problem that comes their way mm-hmm. they go with that uh, very uh, strong and positive mindset so thank you so much uh, for sharing your thoughts with us with you great success with all your creative endeavors and have a very good evening thank you so much Sujata you too thank have you. a great evening okay. thank you very much bye 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 That was Andrea Trinidad from Manila sharing her amazing journey. A woman born with a rare bleeding disorder, she never allowed it to come in her way of leading a fulfilling and meaningful life. Her passion and tremendous faith in herself drives her and helps her fulfill her potential while spreading joy and hope to others, others, especially in the hemophilia community. In our next episode, meet the effervescent Shabri Prasad Singh from Delhi with an equally powerful story. Shabri is an author, a mental health activist, and the former director of Gurgaon Literature Festival. She suffers from a rare mental disorder called the Borderline Personality Disorder. Her aim in life is to destigmatize mental illness and talk about it through her books, literary festivals, and any other medium through which she can reach out to the masses. May is celebrated as Mental Health Awareness Month and I'm sure we will get some valuable insights and information from Shabri on the subject. To get a glimpse of this extraordinary woman and her life, join me for the fourth episode of my talk show Swan Song on May 28th, which is the last Friday of this month. Also, please don't forget to like, share and subscribe to my podcast. So until next time, stay safe and keep sparkling. Bye-bye. Thank you.